Hey everyone, this is Mark, and this is episode 62 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for giving me a chance for allowing me to speak to your ears. If this is your 9th, 19th, 39th, or even your 62nd time, my lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you for coming back for more. I appreciate it for tuning in, listening to me, listening to the artists speak about their careers, about life, about whatever comes up. Because as you all know, I don't have an agenda when I talk with these people. We just want to talk. Let the conversation happen, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Let's just talk, have a conversation, put it out there for people to listen to. On today's episode, episode 62, is a repeat guest with Mr. Jeff Scott Soto, who is putting out a duets album called the duets collection it is out on october 8th i hope you get it you stream it you download it you buy it whatever you do to music give it out it covers the span of his career with going back to music he's done from early in his career later in his career etc and has redone them and brought in a partner to sing and have its duet collection i mean you've got hen and zonta from electric mob you have the nathan james from Inglorious. I, this is a, a monster record. Lots of great vocalists. Lots of great songs. And I hope you get out there, go stream it, go listen to it, download it, save it, whatever you need to do. Give it an option because I enjoy my conversation with Jeff again and hope you enjoy it as well. You can always find me online at hardrockcore.net. It has links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, Spotify playlist, YouTube channel, and of course, all of this, the podcast information. And now, let's just get straight to this chat with Mr. Jeff Scott Soto. Mr. Jeff Scott Soto. What's happening, my friend? How are you, dude? How you been? I'm doing, and I'm busy, and I'm happy, and I'm cruising along. It's uh, pretty interesting at the moment. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. The last time we spoke, I had a plant of a question from that young lad in Wales named Nathan, and uh, you had just done his uh, duet. Yes. I do remember it well. <laughs> he set it up. I mean, come, you know Nathan. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but he, awesome. he wouldn't give up the track, though. But I, 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 right, right, right. I said it's either going to be the Evanescence, Evanescence track or it's going to be the Hailstorm track, and it was the Evanescence. The funny one. thing is because they, he'd already he had already done the vocals, uh, he'd already done the vocals for um, for my for my album for my song, and then when he reached out, he said, "Mate, I need you for something." He says, "I sound ridiculous singing this particular uh, portion of the song," <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, I guess we're doing Evanescence. I guessed it before he even told me. <laughs> he said, I tried it and I sound ridiculous singing the male vocal part. And I thought, yep, we're doing Evanescence. And I, I was so happy. Dude, that, that, that's a great track. And I mean, I, what he, he hit a home run on that album with his vocal performance. Oh, God, yes. Oh, he's so good. He, and his, his voice just lands perfectly in that range. It's fantastic. And that's something difficult to pull off. Yeah. But you, you've been busy, and I have to say, you've spent some time on the road recently. How's that been for you? You know what? I'm I'm fine with it. I'm I'm pretty 
as like as even most of the hardcore paranoid ones of the whole vaccine and uh, uh, not the vaccine, but the actual virus itself. I'm pretty much over it. I know I've done my part as much as I can do to get back to life. And part of that is getting vaccinated. So if I get COVID, I know that that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to get vaccinated so you can get it, get it over with and not die from it. And that's just my own personal thought belief. Everybody has their own go for it. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm even, I'm playing in Florida this weekend and everybody knows it's quite open that Florida hasn't been the the most, you know, cooperative of, of certain other states lockdowns and I'm actually expecting to come home with it, but I'm, I'm good with that knowing that if this vaccination truly works, I'm going to be okay. Good way to look at it. I, I've seen a couple shows recently myself, been able to go out and take photos again, which have been a blessing. I've seen kiss. And then I saw black label society and felt okay being in public, you know, and shooting shows and wearing a mask down in the photo pit. I, I'm comfortable with that. And it felt good just to be out and see people smile again. So I guess when you're on stage, seeing that interaction, how do you feel with that? Well, you know, it's, it is tough to watch. It's tough to see. Um, it's tough to see that there is a lot of carelessness in terms of uh, not really thinking about it or caring about it anymore. Whereas there are some people that still do. And of course it makes me a little edgy and uneasy, uh, but I do have the luxury of being on the stage and kind of being away from them. I'm not in the crowd with them being exposed to anything. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be COVID, anything else that might be lingering out there. And so, yeah, of course it, it makes me a little nervous for them, but I feel good. I feel good if they feel good. That's how I see it. And what about the reactions from the fans when you get to see them, you know, bobbing their heads and clapping and cheering it's and singing something. along? You, you truly forget how much, you truly forget how much you miss something until when it's gone, you know, it's, and, and that's that absolutely goes for, you know, my career and, and the things that I do for a living. It's just so rewarding, refreshing to see again. And, and I, I, you know, somebody else said, you know, it felt like I was the first time I was going on stage because they felt nervous going back out again. Did you have any nerves going back out again? Um, initially, yeah, we all did. I mean, it's it, it naturally, you don't know what's going on. You don't know who to believe, what, what to think anymore, but you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to dive in or, or step in the water with both feet and, and kind of go for it because there's only one way to get back to life is getting back to life. And making it happen. So thank you for bringing the music back, but in, in, you did like Eastern European tour recently, right? Uh, I just did two shows out there. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And I'm do, I'm just dabbling right now. I'm testing the waters as I'm watching some tours being pulled and canceled and postponed or removed and moved again. I'm testing the waters of things that I feel I can pull off because it's only me taking care of me. And if I, I don't have to worry about others around me that it's so much easier for me to take care of, you know, what I have to do to make sure that I'm safe. Well, th- that's the important thing. And, when you're you're heading to Florida this weekend, is this back with Mr. Jason? Yes, sir. Uh, Jason and I started this little run in 2019, this idea, and it's been hitting home runs everywhere we play, and it, it continues to do so. So that's one of the things that's it, it's easier for us to do in terms of not having a full band and set up and sound check and entourage. It's literally he and I, and it's, it's such a great thing that I'm doing with him. I, I hope and can't wait to do more. So you guys planning to do more next year? We're planning on it. We're, we're looking at scheduling now, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce more coming up soon. We're both extremely busy with things we're making up for all of 2020, but in the meantime, 
we are planning more to uh, to do in the future. Yes. Wonderful, man. I look forward, and hopefully that thing can come out here on the West Coast. I, I absolutely. <laughs> That's I've noticed a lot of tours seem to avoid California. These bigger tours, they kind of circle around, or even the club ones seem to circumvent California a little bit. Yeah, you know, it, it, what part of California are you in? Sacramento. Yeah. And in general, it's, it's you know, that's what happens when things become politicized and the, the divided. It's always a comparison to this, comparison to that. It's I'm, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of the division. I'm so sick of everybody, you know, everybody becoming, uh, getting the information from friends on Facebook or social media uh, and then now claiming that they're all scientists. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's become a silly uh, cavalcade of, of, of humor to me, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm just not even looking, listening anymore. I'm just doing what I feel is best for me and for us and the people that I'm with. And that's all I can do. I feel the same because, you know, I take the steps. I'm not afraid to say I'm vaccinated. And I've taken the steps. And I take the precautions. And even out of respect, if somebody says, hey, wear a mask around me, I'm going to wear a mask because I, I want to be respectful of who you are, where I'm at, the surroundings. And I think as humans, we have to put a little more emphasis on respect of one another. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, if once we relearn how to respect one another without judging and without passing judgment, that's when we'll, we'll kind of get back on course. And I, I was uh, speaking to my doctor recently and he said something that was pretty poignant, but uh, as well, it's, he said, I don't want this. I don't wish this, but we almost need a nine 11 event in the U S to bring us back together as one, because when that happened, everything, there was no division. We were all equal. We were all Americans. We were all, following the same course that we all felt we should be following in terms of, you know, bonding together and getting through such a tragic event. Dude, you, you hit that one on the head. And not, yeah. Not we, none of us wish that absolutely not. But I think back to that time frame, and the American flag had a symbol then of unity. And now it's almost like a sign of division, you know, because certain, yeah, this party wants to do this. And, you know, I'm, we're all human. We bleed, red and if i need a blood transfusion doesn't matter if you're left wing right wing don't care whatever i need your blood you need mine so let's yeah, be on the absolutely. same page as humans you know you know it's it's the the kind of uh the, the soldier mentality when when our soldiers were from all parts and all walks of life in the u.s representing one country and whether it be vietnam whether it be world war ii any of the above they were americans first they were, there was no political divide, racial divide. There was none of that. It was all that we stand as one. And I, I pray that we get back to that ideal soon. Well, well, I hope so. But, you know, obviously we wondered on topics, but I, I love to just talk and get people's thoughts. I think that's engaging. I appreciate you exchanging with me on that stuff there. Well, it's, it, you know, again, I'm just sharing my opinion, my thoughts. I don't expect people to follow them or I, I, I don't expect anyone to follow and share my opinion as much as I don't care to, to hear yours. If, if you don't agree with mine, it's just mine and it is what it is. You, you know, everybody has their own and some meet in the middle, some don't. And that's just what it is. <laughs> it's true. My, my best buddy who I've known for 30 plus years, he and I are polar opposites when it comes to political beliefs, but we can have a conversation without arguing, raising a voice and be human about it. And I think we miss that sometimes just the conversation of, this is your point of view. This is mine. We can discuss it without being assholes to each other. Right, right, right. Exactly. But let's talk duets collection, because the last time we spoke, I think you were 
recording some of this, taking a break in the studio to have a conversation. And when I, you, you told me back then you were working on, I was excited. Then, you know, I got the, the link to it, been able to listen and digest it a little bit. And, and right. one, congratulations on the songs that are coming out on the 8th. But when you were putting this together, how did you decide who you wanted to work with? That was almost as easy as choosing the songs. I mean, the songs for, primarily, for the most part, were chosen by Frontiers. They had a, when we decided this is what we we're going to do, they had a, a bit of a wish list of songs they wanted or hoped that I would do. And from that, the cast of characters, if I may, the, the singers that are my dear friends who also slash happen to be Frontiers artists, who also slash happen to be some of my favorite singers, all of those things all lined up in exactly how I was going to cast these voices to certain songs. You clearly look at some, well, this song is really high, basically from soup to nuts. So I need somebody who could be able to carry that without sounding like it's uncomfortable or straining for them. Then there's other ones, but this one is more of a rock song. This one's more of a groove song. So you find those vo those voices based on my wish list that adapt to those kind of songs. The only, the only one that I wasn't able to get on here, and it was only because of the timing, and I would have loved to get on it, is Richie Cotton because uh, he's got such a soulful voice. And there's a couple of songs that I think his voice would have lent itself to great on, but between winery dogs and this thing he's doing with Adrian Smith, he's kind of contractually bound to be doing outside stuff like this right now. So, uh, you know, it, it had nothing to do with the, the fact that he was too busy or couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. It was more that he couldn't do it. Sorry. But oh. everybody else, it, it, it was an immediate yes. When I asked them and the cooperation level and factor was just so great that it, it made this such a joy to, to pull off. Well, the thing I know, and just to talk about a few of the songs here and Dean Castronova as a drummer is a absolute freaking beast, but many people miss how amazing of a vocalist that guy is. Yeah. You know, he always flew under the radar with his, with his voice. I mean, I remember I was doing a project with Ricky Phillips quite a few years back. And when we were looking for a percussionist slash drummer, he brought up, Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask Dean Castronovo. You know, I work with him in bad English and I go, he can sing. He goes, Oh dude, he's got a great voice because nobody really utilizes voice as a lead singer. He did backgrounds on all those groups that he was with from Hardline to Bad English and then obviously singing live with Journey. But it, it was really Neil pushing him. It's like, you're a lead vocalist, dude. You need to use that voice as a lead singer. And say, ah, I don't know, I don't know. He was, he was really uh, self-conscious about it. You know, his, as you said, or as being a drummer, and he never saw himself as a front man, but you don't need to be a front man to actually use your voice and just make a recording or to sing live when you're playing the drums. And that's, that was one of the things that Neil pushed him. Man, but whatever it is, I mean, this, the solo stuff, I don't want to call it solo stuff, but like the revolution saint stuff. And I mean, his voice is just so strong and there are drummers out there who can sing. And I even discovered more recently, Eric Singer and Kiss, how much he holds some of those background vocals together live. Cause his voice is just and amazing. Most people, most, people, most people don't remember, or maybe they don't even know that he Perry's himself started as a drummer. So it's kind of funny, you know, you, you got your Don Henley's, Phil Collins, and Steve Perry could have actually been a singing drummer, but he chose to be a front man. That's wild. I, can, I can't imagine him behind a kit in Journey. <laughs> That's true. But then again, you know, filling the shoes of Steve Smith couldn't be simple. I mean, Dean's a monster, but just Steve's just a different animal altogether. They're both amazing. Absolutely. But completely different approaches. I mean, Steve Smith was a jazzer. He, he came from a different school and approach to drums where you know most most of the contemporaries doing that style of music were more straight ahead pop drummers 
and Steve Smith, the reason why his feel and everything was just a little different is he never grew up being that kind of drummer. He, he incorporated his life and his style to what journey we're doing. And it, it, it had a completely different feel than say somebody in survivor or somebody doing that kind of music would actually uh, pull off. Totally. And because you have time there and I, Recently, I had to learn Don't Stop Believing," and I always knew the song, but when I sat down to do the drums for the damn thing, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. He's not duplicating anything twice in this damn uh, song. It's a very unorthodox uh, kind of rhythm and pattern, and it's it's not your usual uh, straight-ahead pop song as far as the, the rhythm section concerns. Yeah, you, you put one of the producers today, you know, in a pop song, they get that drum beat, they're like, no, you're not doing twos and fours on the snare. This exactly. ain't working. <laughs> But, and to be fair, I mean, since we're talking about Journey, I think that's one of the reasons why he was let go when they were doing the Raised on Radio thing. That's why they got uh, Larry London and Mike Beard. You know, Mike Beard was the touring drummer, and Larry London did the uh, the recordings because Perry wanted he wanted to simplify. He wanted straight pop beats. He didn't want the jazzier, more complicated and more intricate uh, stylings that Steve Smith was putting in their music. Uh, he just had a vision for what that album should sound like, and that's why Randy Jackson and... and uh, and Larry London were his guys to make the actual rhythm section for that record. I'll say it's a misstep because Journey was what it was because of Absolutely. the players. Plain and, and yeah, simple. you know, that comes with the territory when you're young and, and very successful and you're always looking to raise your game and raise the belt and uh, raise the bar rather. You don't want to take, you want to be able to take chances and you don't want to just keep repeating yourself. And what happens if you don't make these kind of changes you think are necessary it just sounds like you are repeating yourself. So I give him credit for that, but yeah, it was kind of kind of a drag to see Ross and uh, and Steve gone during that time because I love that record. I love all the records and there's magic in all of them, but yeah, of course when it comes to people, you you you, you obviously fight for the what they were going through more so than the actual the result of the actual recording. Yeah, totally. Completely agree with you. And just a couple other tracks on here and I think another vocalist who was Obviously, this guy in the music community has a lot of respect, but Eric Martin is another voice who I think is should have been much more than he ever was. Yeah, I mean, thank God he has to be with you as the one song that pretty much everyone uh, from 1990 to now knows because obviously it's become a staple in, in weddings and, and so many different occasions that that song is such a, a staple in people's lives that at least they do know his voice. If they don't, if they're not saying his name or giving him the, the, uh, the extra podium to step on as, uh, as a solo artist, at least they do know the song. And that's, I, I feel that's just as important to have under your belt. They might not know him as much as they know Steve Perry, but they know that song. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody, that song can't come on at a wedding or at somewhere and people are going to sing along. It's a campfire song. It really is. Right. You know, yeah, you Absolutely. but you pulled as is as is more than words and love is on the way. All those songs were they became staples for those artists for better or worse. You know, some of them feel cursed that they can't live down the uh, the big hair band ballad. But uh, you know, at some point you got to look at it as a blessing because not only did it give you a career, it gave you a sustainability. And yes, I did pick up on the Saigon Kick reference there. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> not nice throw in there, but that's awesome. But. One of the voices on here, I don't want to say I'm surprised that you got, but I love his voice, was Hennen from Electric Mob. Yes. Oh, nice of you to know how to pronounce his name. And when you see it in America, it looks like Renan. 
but uh, in, in uh, Portuguese and Brazil, is uh, the the R's are pronounced with an H. They even say hawk and hole instead of rock and roll. No. <laughs> so yeah, it is it's the pronunciation for his name is Hennen. And uh, yeah, I mean, the first day I heard that band, I never heard of them, and I didn't learn of them through all my many travels and visits to Brazil. I just happened to be opening up, a, a, I think it was a social media of Frontiers, and they were talking about their new signing and the new release or single, whatever, of Electric Mob. I'm like, what? Did, where did this come from? And I never met him before. I never met Hennen, and uh, I just reached out to him on social media. We became friends there. And when I asked him to sing on this record, he almost burst into tears because, you know, this is my career and a lot of my career has been so important to his and his own influences and influence, uh, inspirational influence, you know, vocally, musically, all of the above. And when I asked him to do it, he, he literally was so honored. And for me, I'm honored because this is the next generation. These are the guys that are going to carry the torch and make sure that this music isn't dead and buried with us fossils trying to keep it, you know, trying to keep it from being dead and buried. <laughs> the next generation have to they, they have to reinvent what we did and, and keep people interested in rock music well yeah I, I spoke with him probably about a year and a half ago and he's such like a bright eyed like happy go lucky type yeah. guy I mean such a friendly guy and upbeat and personal and I, I, I really want that band to do things that just rooting for them they are a rock and roll band straight up rock and roll I say give it a few years he'll be as jaded as the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the road, let him go through it all, and here he goes. So. Uh-huh. Exactly. The school of hard rocks. You know, it, it, it happens, unfortunately, because, I mean, I'm, you've seen it. You've been around the, the business for, for oh, enough God, time. I still see it. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by it constantly. I'm, I, I see everything that, especially the new artists that have to learn that I, and I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anybody kind of taking me by the hand and saying, no, no, don't sign that. Don't, don't move like that. Don't wear that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have any, any real met, like pamphlet or manual to get where I'm fi- when I finally got, it took me many, many years, especially once I, I did start my career with, you know, like saying Bay Mountain, I was seen as the, the uh, guitar player singer. I was seen as more of a metal guy. Nobody knew that my forte was really R&B and, and more soulful stuff until much later when I could actually show them. Well, your career speaks for itself, obviously. And, you know, I I sit in and, and play drums in a 90s cover band. And doing covers wasn't something that I thought I would do any day, whatever. But a buddy of mine has a, an 80s band and a 90s band. And they do this 90s thing. He said, hey, can you come sit and do some shows with us? So sends right. a set list. And they, I end up playing things I didn't think I would play before because it didn't really speak to me. I knew the songs, but I, I didn't feel connected. But now that I'm playing it, I've opened my eyes to, okay, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate this for what it is now. And I missed right. the boat years ago in, in respecting certain songs or certain genres and stuff like that. So, you know, your voice has can do many different things. across. I mean, from if you talk, look at the rock stuff, I know you love the R&B. I know you love Prince as well. You know, um, that wide span of your career, have you ever... I'm sorry? I lost you for a second. I missed the last point you were finishing. Yeah, but just, you know, doing this stuff here, do, do you have any want or desire to, you know, completely, at this point, do a completely R&B, go completely out of where you're at right now and do something completely different? I would love to, but the last thing, I, 
I do a lot of music that probably never will see the light of day or, um, that even if I, I work on it and give it all the attention as something that's going to be a proper and, and, um, I'm trying to think of the right term, something that's being done for the intent of everybody to listen to. It's so deliberating when you put something out there, especially put a lot of passion behind something, which I do pretty much with everything I do anyway. And it just doesn't get received well, or it doesn't, it doesn't get promoted properly. And to do an album like that, I would really want to do it knowing that there's going to be some kind of push or attention behind it. Because again, I do, I would do it for the sake of doing it but I'm now so busy doing things that do have the attention that is necessary for people to hear it. I really don't have the time to make something like a, a sort of a, a, a passionate kind of record more so than something that I know people want and are waiting for. I would love to do it if people wanted to hear it and I knew there was going to be a market or, or an audience for it, but I really don't have the time or interest to do something that is going to take so much passion and time that just kind of sits and collects dust, if you know what I mean. No, I, I agree, and it makes sense to me. I mean, it's hard enough in this world of, of the music, quote-unquote, business to do things, let alone try to put something out new that people may not, like you said, dedicate the time to, to push or market properly or get it out there. So why do it? Yeah, exactly. You know? So, plus, you mentioned... We have to, we have to make a living, too. <laughs> this is true. and Fans, music fans often forget that. It, it is a business. You you have to make your living. Yeah, and, and you know what? Music is passion. Music is therapy. Music is all of the life, water, blood, curse, you know, eat, whatever. Music is all of those factors. But in the end, I do have to focus on what I, what I will be able to make a living as well as be able to have the, that creative outlet and, and then the, just the creative path that comes with everything that I do, whether it be completely different from the last thing or the, the next thing. I love challenging myself and adding to that, that arsenal of material and, and, and influence. But uh, the reality is, you know, you can only do so much that, uh, that not a lot of people are grasping onto. No, I, I get it. And you kind of referenced something earlier. You're busy. You have things coming up. I'm going to assume the next two years, as things start to open up, will we see more, touring with Sons of Apollo where we see new music and other products you have coming up that you care to mention? On the live front, I do have a lot of things coming up next year. Unfortunately, only one of them is Sons of Apollo in January. The rest include um, appearances and things that were canceled or postponed quite a few times from last year. And it really is difficult right now for me to navigate any of the projects like bands and things that I'm, I'm doing things with actual people because they too are now looking at 2022 as a, as a making up uh, time, you know, they, they, they too got affected with canceled tours and shows and things. So competing with the time and trying to find the space and then trying to find the availability because everyone and their brother is filling those spots. It's going to be a cluster of everybody going back and trying to make up for lost time. So it's difficult right now to navigate and even uh, try to find some kind of confirmation on some of the things that I'm doing. So I'm just concentrating on the things that I know I can do and then let the other ones come to pass when they do, when, you know, when everybody is ready and, and available. Well, it makes sense. Cause yeah, like you said, a lot of people have put things off and maybe rescheduled for this year. Now it's been pushed back to 2022 and you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. It is. But uh, again, always, always thankful of your time. I appreciate you and hope people get out there and, and, you know, buy stream, whatever they need to do to get the duets collection, because I think, 
covering your, your career in this fashion was a, a beautiful take on what you've done and what you've contributed to us. I absolutely appreciate that. I, you know, these are the kinds of things that mean more to me than and, and fame and fortune and all that, just all to hear that my music actually touches and, and even just the fact that people still want to hear me after all these years, that right there is my validation to just keep going. Well, it's, it's an amazing voice you possess and your contributions are, are phenomenal. So I, again, appreciate you appreciate your time as always and wish you nothing but the best. I do appreciate that. Thank you. We, we use the word appreciate so much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, but, thanks uh, for that. And thank, you know, thank you for your time as well for, you know, giving us the chance to talk about these things. Always my friend, take care of yourself and wish you nothing but the best. Have a, have a good, uh, have some good shows this weekend. All right, brother. Thank you. Take care, bro. Bye-bye. And that was my conversation with Mr. Jeff Scott Soto, who is putting out the Duets Collection on October 8th. Enjoy my conversations with him. He's a very um, great character, great voice, great musician, and just appreciate everything that guy has done. And there's such a resume in his history. Get out there, Google it. Yeah, you may know him from X, Y, or Z, but there's just so much more. So get out there, check it out, and listen to his amazing, incredible work that he's put out here. As always, you can find me online at hardrockcore.net with links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, the Spotify playlist, the YouTube channel, and of course, the podcast information. As always, stay safe. Stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them. Give them a hug. And have an awesome day. Awesome.